Imagine, if you will, three gamers trapped in a podcast format of their own making. A format in which they're subjected to experiencing the worst and weirdest video gaming has to offer. And if they ever deviate slightly and play a game that's even a little bit fun as a mental break, they're met with a barrage of social media comments saying, that game's not bad or weird, what even is this podcast, how come Heather won't marry me, etc. Also, it turns out they have butts for mouths, and they're Hitler. You don't have to imagine. In the Get Played Zone. We test the limits of patience and tackle infuriating design decisions in typed text adventure The Twilight Zone. This week on How Did This Get Slayed. Welcome to How Did This Get Slayed, the show where we discuss the worst and weirdest horror video games of all time for this month. I'm Nick Diger. I'm Leatherface and Camp Hell. And I'm Frady Cat Appa Jack-O-Lantern. Uh, hell, everyone. <laughs> oh, hell comes back, bucket. <laughs> Edge of a knife? <laughs> uh, this is our first October episode, so we're doing all horror games once more, and we've got some some very, very exciting games to go through this month for various reasons, good and bad. But before we do that, before we descend into gaming hell, closer to literally this month, because of the subject matter, it is time, as we always do, to first spend 70 seconds in gaming heaven. Matt, count us off. Go for it. So, as of this record, Crusaders Kings 3 has just come out. We're recording this a little bit in advance, and it's wait, on Xbox Game Pass. Wait, wait. Because, yeah. Wait. Nick, Nick, just so the audience knows, Nick said, Matt, count us out, and immediately went to drink something. Like, he, he, he delayed himself. Like, he delayed himself from starting. So, I just want... All right. I knew on. I'd have a second, because he was going to count us off. Okay, great. I, went to, I, could, gra- I could steal a swig. I could steal a, a swig. Well, he was counting us off. Okay. Just, I, I would have swigged and then asked. Well, then, so what's that like? Before we descend into gaming hell, it is first dis- time to spend 70 seconds in gaming heaven. Sip. Two, three, four. Matt, count us off. So there's yeah, like the that. dead air. <laughs> um, I was just going to say, Crusader Kings 3, it's a grand strategy game. You role play as a medieval leader, and then when they die, you take over playing their heir. So it takes place over over centuries uh, romance, murder, intrigue is all part of it because it's not just like strategizing on a grand scale. It's also like on a micro scale, like in terms of your your your, your lineage and your immediate uh, your relatives in, in your court. <laughs> I just wanted to say this because I did have something good to get no. to. That was it. That was your this, time. This is this you game spent is an amazing. Too much time slurping. This and game it's because of you. If you hadn't said anything, no one would have known. <laughs> That's... But I want to say this. They would have heard. They would have heard the pause, and they would have been like, "What's Nick doing?" 
This is and good, I, and this is this is worth getting to. This is this is worth the this oh, is worth oh, taking some extra time. This for. is okay. the sixty eighth episode of this show. <laughs> yeah, we have, it's so it's so easy what to do. We just talk about a game for seventy seconds. It always gets derailed. Anyway. I was going to say, so so it's like this amazing story generator because of these elements, because of this interpersonal intrigue uh, that that happens in your your royal court. And this is one thing that I saw on this Crusader King subreddit. Uh, I you know I played through this game a little bit. I decided I'm not going to keep I stick with it because it's just going to take over my life. I know, but this is a, this is a great thing that happened. This uh, wouldn't that, have fit in 70 seconds anyway. You cut it, man. Like this. <laughs> <laughs> this what I would have gotten to this. Okay. So anyway. Uh, you, Zach, uh, 7062, posted this on the Crusader King subreddit. Here's the, the, the title. The conquering of every, every holy site, the defeat of three crusades, the executions of hundreds of Christians so I could reform the faith to become a cannibal, all for this moment. And the dialogue box he has is execute, and he gets to kill Pope Gregorius VI and then eat him. <laughs> This guy has played the game to the point where he can now eat the Pope. So <laughs> that was absolutely worth it. Thank you. I just for think that's delightful. That yeah, was incredible. That's pretty good. Hey guys, so we have a great thank you very much. We have a great guest <laughs> for a less esteemed game, but but it it, it it's fitting. I feel. Uh, he's a writer and producer from Black Klansman, Lovecraft Country, and The Twilight Zone, which is now streaming on CBS All Access. Wynn Rosenfeld is here. Hi, Wynn. Hi, Hi guys. Hi. Hi. Uh, so really full, glad to be here. Full disclosure, Wynn used to be my boss. You would wow. use my boss, but you're not my boss so. anymore. No, I'm so, not the boss of you. Yeah, you're not. <laughs> so, you know, the truth might come out. I'm just saying, like, I'm just warning oh, wow. you. Wow. Bring it on. Bring, okay, bring it on. No, I, I need feedback <laughs> in all things. I am. I could never say anything. I'm I'm the most I can barely talk about. Please, Nick, cut me off. Just cut me off anytime. Here. <laughs> so when are you much but of a wait. gamer? Yeah, I do like games, but if, if, I can't believe you're acting like I was like some iron fisted despot at the twilight zone room where we're making up make believies for anytime, CBS all anytime, Nick, Nick, just keep just keep hammering those those interpersonal questions man heather said it. you ate the pope is that true <laughs> it is true it is true. it was a cardinal it was a cardinal still counts so, so counts. um i yeah i mean i i've been a gamer um my my whole life with different uh uh you know different levels of intensity kind of depending on where i was in my uh, in my in my grand arc, but I think I, I I mean I think you know by and large I've I usually play two to three pretty immersive games a year I would say more or less um, you know parenting and life and right. stuff sometimes get in the way but that's kind of my I would say my career average. Wynn was playing uh, Pokemon Go, I mean righteously while we were working on the show and got me back into the game. Uh, because he was like, look, they've added all these new things. They've added all this new stuff. And I was like, this is an opportunity to get in good with my boss. I'll, I'll take up the game again. <laughs> I, I hate the way this is making me look. <laughs> so unfair. But, so it's funny because I've actually stopped playing Pokemon Go now. Me too, me the, too. The person who introduced it to me, um, I, I used to work with like back in New York before I moved to L.A., 
And, and I was like super excited about it. And she came out to visit uh, about a year ago. And, um, and I was like, and I was like, Hey, are you still playing Pokemon? Are you still playing Pokemon go? And she said, she said, no, I, I just don't feel like we can play that anymore in the Trump administration. And I was like, what does that mean? And it was like the election like ruined Pokemon Go for her. And now it's kind of ruined it for me for some reason. So I think I think Snorlax maxed out to the Republican Party. I think that's the issue. <laughs> did. He did. I stopped playing because you can't go anywhere. Like I don't Yeah, it sucks. My I'm I'm so when I when I go on a run in the morning, it's so specific and like so like I'm in such a high state of anxiety on the run that like the idea of taking out my phone and perhaps catching additional germs on the surface of my screen. Like I want to keep my phone. I don't even run with my phone to be totally honest. I, yeah, I can't do it. I mean, maybe it's an argument for like a Google glass attachment or something, you know, where you could kind of just catch them with your winking. Yeah. I can't wink here because no one can see that. But. <laughs> <laughs> How do visual gags usually work? We uh, <laughs> do them and then describe them to strip the comedy out of them while we're. <laughs> yeah. Got it. Yeah. Is the, it is, uh, wait, you, you mentioned Google Glass. Like, I have, you have any, has anyone messed around with any augmented reality games at all? Well, Pokemon goes AR. No, but I mean like 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 that sort of stuff where it's like you see it kind of in the world, like any sort of. I haven't really. No, I I would like to though. That feels like the kind of thing. I feel like they should do a Ghostbusters one, mm. where there's just ghosts everywhere and you can bust them with your phone. I mean, yeah. that feels like yeah, that be would badass. be the best augmented reality experience of all time. As long as you are a dude doing the busting, I think that would work. I think like if it was a woman doing the busting, I don't know that that game would, I don't know that it That's would right. sail. It just doesn't make sense if, if, the other way. But yeah, 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 yeah it just doesn't yeah. work. In fact, it makes me mad that, you, that anyone <laughs> suggest that. It's fucking disgusting. Uh, we got to move on. I'm sorry. Uh, hey, uh, <laughs> Uh, but but okay, so we're 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 in October. We're talking a bunch of horror games, and and you know uh, your your credits and uh, uh, you know a lot of your your experience certainly like speaks to that genre. Uh, do you like horror games at all? Do you have any favorites? Love, love them, love them, love them. I mean, I, I was the, the I think the I mean, did you guys ever play Phantasmagoria or Phantasmagoria Two? You know, I never played Phantasmagoria, but I really wanted to uh, as a horny teen. Um, because I yes. knew it was a little lascivious, but I, I I do remember that era of like, with, with like Sierra Adventures when they started to up the production value, and that one has live action, I believe. Yes, 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 and it was like crazy. It was like all kinds of bondage and weird shit, and like I mean, I would I would I would be I would play it with um and like blood rituals and lots right. of straight like you know uh, jump scares, and I mean it's probably terrible in retrospect, but I mean that was the one that really got me to this place of like. You know, um, it got me to that place where I was like, well, the, the really amazing thing about being scared in a video game is that you are in control of the horrible thing that's about to happen. So, like, I have to now choose. I'm I'm on the hook. I have to open that door to go into that scary room. And right. that is just – I've always just totally responded to that. So, like, the Silent Hill games, particularly Silent Hill 2. Oh, hell yeah. I mean, just – I just love that vibe, that that feeling. and. I mean, I even played. I don't know if you count Alan Wake, but something like that was a game mm. that like gave me the gave me the creeps uh, in a in a in a pretty fun way. 
I, I haven't played Alan Wake, but I'm familiar with it. But it was actually, it's a game that comes up if you're looking for like Twilight Zone-esque games. Yes. And I'm not sure if that's yes. that, you got that same, you had a reaction like that. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, it de- it, it, it definitely plays with um, uh, juxtaposing like really, really grounded, almost at sometimes tedious gameplay with moments of like pure surrealism and and shocking twists that you kind of, only appreciate because you were doing something so mundane for so long. Right. Which is kind of the twilight zone. Normal people <laughs> and fucked up shit happening to them. So uh, beyond, cause, cause Phantasmagoria, you know, a, a horror game, but also a graphic adventure game. And it, it, that's kind of what we're, we're playing through this week. You know, it, it's, it's a text adventure, but it is, you know, that is a, that is, a I don't know, man, you, I would not describe this game as graphic nor adventure (laughs) or maybe not even a game. (laughs) It's yeah, it's barely any of these, but it's technically a text adventure that has graphics. But but the graphic adventures as a genre, do you have like the, the, you know, is there anything like that? Like, was that ever a genre that you were into beyond Phantasmagoria? I mean, I don't. hmm, I mean, I did. I did play Zork. Okay. um, Yes. Uh, which was, you know, the sort of, I think the grand, the granddaddy or, you know, uh, of that, of that genre. Um, I, you know, most of that period when those kind of games, or I guess missed, I played, I don't know, does that count? Sure. Yeah, so, that counts. More or less. Right. I mean, yeah. um, a lot of the Sierra games that were like, you know, I guess that's more point and click though than than. Uh, I I think this. yeah, not not like it, I mean, some of the Sierra games had text parsers, but I think they all they all fit under adventure games. I think absolutely, the Sierra games are, are are the kind of thing I'm talking about. I always think of LucasArts games because I was in the same way that mm-hmm. I feel like people were either with either allied with Nintendo or Sega in that period. People were either allied with LucasArts or Sierra in the adventure genre. But uh, but what were some of your favorite Sierra games? I mean, all the King's Quest. Yeah. I mean, that that was a pretty amazing series. I mean, that was like the, you know, that was like the, I mean, because I was a Zelda kid, right? Yes. So like that mm-hmm. was the thing that really informed everything for me. I mean, and and, and so that, you know, it certainly that has its own like, um, you know, uh, uh, you know, old timey D&D vibe to it that I've always just kind of enjoyed in, in games, which I guess makes me the most basic white dude in America, but it, <laughs> it is, it is definitely what hit me first. Um, uh, so I think things that, so like the other iterations of those games, like police quest and space quest were just didn't ever hit exactly the same way. They yeah. might've just not been as good a game. So in, in retrospect either, but I think I've always been essentially chasing the dragon of the eight bit legend of Zelda in, in kind of one way or the other. It's interesting because the the eight bit Legend of Zelda and you know Breath of the Wild in, in, in like those games are kind of you're filling in a lot of the blanks. I feel like narratively as a gamer, I mean that there's there's more in Breath of the Wild. Obviously, there's more of a story, but it is a lot of like you know just you're just exploring and and making it your own. Whereas I feel like you know uh, uh, graphic adventure games and text adventure games are so much like just like here is a very you were just trying to connect the dots of this existing narrative and and uh but but yeah i think they both have sure. their own appeal i i'm 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 curious so uh, uh, I, but uh, but uh, but kind of on that note kind of directed it kind of like uh connected to that did you like you talked about you play like two or three you know big games a year like what what do you gravitate towards do you like the open world games do you like the breath of the wilds i mean i guess did you do you like breath of the wild i love breath of the wild um i 
I absolutely devoured that game. I mean, uh, in a in a sick completionist kind of way. I mean, <laughs> really, really at the cost of um, uh, uh, a lot of sleep. But I I, I, I utterly loved it. But you know, also like I've been playing. Um, you know, there's I mean, there's other things that sort of that sort of scratch that same itch for me. That are you know, like I love turn paced um, uh, RPG games, like. Um, uh, Dragon Quest Eleven, as I'm still in the middle of right now, oh, and yeah. just like uh, I love that. Like, great, yes, give me that inventory management. <laughs> you, you know, <laughs> All right. like I love that kind of stuff too. So, I mean, those have been two really big ones this year for me. Um, I, I I finished uh, Red Dead, um, and and then uh, uh, I guess those were the big those were the big ones this this year for me. Oh, and Last of Us, Last of Us, of course, yeah. which was an Wait, amazing. So and Last of Us Part Two. Yes, 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 too. Which was yes. a, a emotional roller coaster. Also, super divisive. I mean, holy crap! It's yeah, like, yeah. There are, it's it's you know, if you are a intelligent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is gonna go well. <laughs> Backlash proof Campbell, they call her. <laughs> Too big to no, fail. but but yeah, but you're right. I mean, I mean, there is a there is a weird thing about that game where it's like it, it does show you the limits of like what people mean when they then they say they want to be challenged. Sure, you know, and like we kind of do draw lines like in like what we think our art and games are like where we think those borders should be and what's like appropriate and what isn't. And, um, you know, I, I mean, I was, I was very disappointed by a lot of the backlash of that, uh, you know, to that game because it was like, well, fuck, like, so you're just saying that you're not allowed to do that in this medium. Nothing makes me more mad than that. I think. I also yeah, like I would, for me and 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 not just to turn this into the last of us uh, chat yet again, but I, but I, I will say that like, I think so much of it is, I had my own expectations of the game going in, and it's so hard for me. The big thing is Star Wars. If it's like it's so hard to shed my pre-existing expectations of what this thing is going to be or what it even should be, and and evaluate on those terms. And I feel like with game sequels, so often you're just getting like more of the same. Like like here's the same thing you like. We're gonna give you a new iteration of it. And so like when when you're changing so many so many things on like a fundamental level, yeah. I mean I. I I I think it, it's it's tough for a lot of people to evaluate in the terms of like oh this is the thing that it is versus like this is this is not as opposed to this is not delivering on on what I why I expected this to be I don't know what were you gonna say either I, I was gonna say well I I want to just respond to what you just said which is that I, as long as you aren't you don't feel entitled to be told a certain kind of story then any story you're told is a story that you're being told like you're you are the audience and the recipient of a story. And I think that too often in a culture where we all get what we want, we then feel entitled to what we want as opposed sure. to. And and I don't mean get what we want on like a political cultural level. I mean, like on an entertainment level, like if you want a Funko pop of like a background character in a Deep Space Nine episode, you can buy it. So, like, that same sort of mindset probably uh, lends itself to us feeling entitled to stories being told some one way or the other. Um, but, you know, if Last of Us Part Two is The Last Jedi uh, in that they are both um, uh, remarkable pieces of art enjoyed by smart people. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just want to follow up on one thing <clears throat> you said. 
I so, want to say that, Nick, that was an incredible Heather impression. You sounded just <laughs> like me when you were talking wow. just then. That was wild. Oh, yeah, that was nuts. <laughs> I had a few things I can do. One is sound like sound like Heather and say things that will make people mad at me. Um, I uh, it's it's a uh, yeah, I I. I I love Last of Us Part Two. I get. I think it's fine to dislike it, but I think it's like it. I feel like uh, it's it's one. It's it, I feel like there are people who dislike it for reasons that are maybe. I don't know. It, it, I don't fucking. I don't want to get into this. It, it's fine to dislike it. I'll just say it's fine to dislike it. It's fine. Right. It's fine course, to like it. Of course. Of course. Yeah. That's, I mean, it, you know, that's it's, the it's fundamental disagreement. Yeah. People are mad that people don't feel the same way about this thing that they do. That's yeah. that's yes. that, that's where that tension comes from. Yeah. 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 Uh, so let's let let's let you what you you're involved with uh you work on Lovecraft Country. I am curious, have you played messed around with any Lovecraft games? I haven't. I haven't. Are there good? I didn't even know there were any good Lovecraft games. Well, actually, there is. There is a uh, Call of Cthulhu uh, uh, a pen and paper RPG that is that is very good. That I actually played a lot. Uh, not a lot, but I played a, a decent amount when I was a kid. And I think is probably you know just it, it's 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 interesting just from a like reading like the uh, you know the rule book monster manual sort of standpoint. Like it's just it's just got a lot of like Lovecraftian world building in it. But then there's this other game that I played recently that. Uh, Darkest Dungeon, which has like a lot of like it's not like a love it's not it's it's more Lovecraft inspired. It's kind of got like eldritch horrors and stuff. You know, it's got those sorts of elements, but it's uh, it's very much not like directly uh, derived from Lovecraft. But it is very good at, at like it's basically like this dungeon explorer where you go under you go underground. Uh, or you go into dungeons, you go into various uh, areas to search and, and kill monsters and retrieve loot, but your character's like mental state is as big an import, uh, as big a priority as their their survival because they can mm-hmm. like absolutely just lose their minds. It, like they, they just see a being with a, enough tentacles and they just like they can't function anymore. Um, That's fun. So, yeah, it's kind of fascinating from that standpoint. It's also just like like super duper hard. Uh, but I love uh, that. Because there's like so much of like, I mean, like, like one of the things about video games, right, is that you're you're seldom doing things you would actually do in real life, and you're yes. not really reacting in the way you would actually react in real life. And so it's like it's like that. That how do you you know like if you see a if you see a monster in uh or you know like a pyramid head in, in Silent Hill, you're just like turn around and walk in the other direction <laughs> but it, it, it would be i love the idea of like feeling like oh shit no you're hampered by just straight up animal fear is pretty uh is a, that's a pretty cool uh mechanic i think anyway i'll play it yeah like it, it, it it's awesome i think it's worth uh it's it, it's worth digging into I, i'm i'm uh all right let's let's move on to twilight zone because uh, we got a lot of about- just just one other thing on that just really quickly yes is please just, just curious um uh, not the best title of all time, though. Darkest Dungeon. That kit. That's got to be working against them. I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, it, you know, it, it, it almost feels like there was like a rival gaming corporation that came out with Dark Dungeon, and just the day before it came out, this game said, "We're gonna beat them. We're gonna one up them, kid." The price is right at them. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. Dungeon doesn't even seem dark anymore. <laughs> yeah. Um. Let's let's talk Twilight Zone a little bit. Uh, beyond games, I, I I feel like this is a uh, uh, this is adjacent enough. How do you feel about the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror? Uh, pretty fun. Pretty fun. Uh, uh, it is a, uh, you know, silly, silly, but um, it's, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a fun ride. I mean, I've, I, it's, it's, to be honest with you, it's been kind of a minute, but, um, right. you know, I love spooky. I just like spooky things. And so uh, it, it always did the spooky for me. I got this, I got the spookies. 
from it. <laughs> when, what, what do you think is the best Twilight Zone experience that isn't the Twilight Zone? So, for example, great question. The sixth, the sixth sense, or like the, or well, I'll, I'll here's how wide this blast radius is. Mm-hmm. Um, the sixth sense is a movie, or the abandoned uh, playground in in Chernobyl, the location. Like, uh, <laughs> like that's your that's your those are your bookmarks. Anything that's in wild. between. Uh, I'm going to say uh, the summer of my life, 2014. I can't give you any details, but based on those parameters, that's the answer to your question. Great. Should we get into this game? Let's get, uh, let's get into the Twilight game. Zone, the PC right. game. Well, Twilight Zone, uh, which was a PC game from 1988, published by First Row Software Publishing and developed by Gigabit Systems. It was uh, written by Terrence R. Boyle, Michael M. Breger, uh, based on the television series created by Rod Serling, uh, and also uh, featured uh, the concepts by Stephen Tripp. Uh, To put it in context, in 1988, other video games that came out were Super Mario Bros. 3, Dragon Quest 3, Mega Man 2, Final Fantasy 2, Altered Beast, Ninja Gaiden. This was an excellent year for games. Yeah. Those are all so good. Yeah. But it was not an excellent year for the Twilight Zone video game itself. It is a text adventure. Yeah, on the PC front, I was just gonna say Wasteland, a notable PC game, which is which was this platform. Okay. That was a four that was but that was a that was pre-Fallout, right? Wasn't that? Yeah, it's kinda kind of fallout before Fallout, yeah. Um post-apocalyptic RPG. The Wasteland 3 just came out. Uh, but the uh, so the Twilight Zone is can can I just say this, Heather? From so from the box, I found the box art, and yep. on the box art, this is the most hubris I've ever seen presenting a game. An entertainment triumph from First Row Software Publishing. You can't self-describe as an entertainment triumph. <laughs> I mean, y- this game doesn't triumph at anything. At yeah. anything. So if you no. played Zork or any of the other text-based text adventure games, you're described a location, and in that location, you're described um, sort of features of the world that you can interact with. In Twilight Zone, the video game, you are given a full, lush description of an environment, starting with a bedroom with clothes on the ground, a television in the corner. You see graphically a radio, a closet, a cabinet, a mirror, a calendar, and your ability to interact with any of those features is near zero. Like, you cannot do anything. And the attitude of the programming towards your attempts is mean-spirited and hateful. It's so, awful. Yeah. yeah. It's so angry. Why is it so angry? And it's like, it's funny, like when it first started sassing me, you know, like it, I was, I thought, okay, so maybe they're doing a little thing here, right? And this is going to be like a Stanley parable kind of vibe where they're going to really sure. like lean into the twilight zone of it. And it's going to like deconstruct itself of it as it goes along. But in fact, the answer is no, you cannot pick up the hairbrush. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it's so it's tonally. So just does not even feel like that to me is because there's a lot that this, the, a lot of criticism about this game. That's like, it doesn't have real any, really any connection to the twilight zone 
and I feel like the uh, uh, the 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 narrator having a personality where it's just like kind of snarky and chastising you and telling you what you can't do to me feels like the most removed from anything that I know of the Twilight Zone franchise, which I obviously know a lot less uh, uh, thoroughly than either of you. But I but I was just like like why like what is this why is this uh, why am I trying to ty- why am I typing something in text parser and they're being like nah uh uh you didn't say the magic word <laughs> like what yeah. what is going on here awful and to me it feels like that's like the one thing they could have done i mean to me it's like if if it makes sense to me right like you're basing your video game on an anthology video uh, on an anthology show which means that you don't have the luxury of the same characters and the same world and that you to be true to what you're trying to do you do have to kind of tell a unique story which is what heather and i you know uh, uh, attempt to do with our uh, with our iteration of the twilight zone but the one constant right is that the authorial voice uh, the Rod Serling of it, or the Jordan Peele in our case, should be, uh, you know, uh, uh, should be um, uh, a powerful, commanding, mischievous. Like it's so. There's so many things. Elegant kind of uh, voice, and for some reason, they just picked like bully in 1980s movie instead as that yeah. voice. It's, so it's such a lost opportunity. It, you're you're like in a bathroom. You're like get in bathtub, and it's like nice try idiot (laughs) it's a reasonable thing to try one of the one of the uh if you try and take us there's a sock draped over the antenna of your uh television set and if you try and take that sock off of the antenna to get a better signal or collect the sock uh he the narrator responds with i personally feel that this is a complete and utter waste of time and will have absolutely no part whatsoever in the completing of the aforementioned task. Like it's, And then if you try it again after that, it's like, look, I get that you're trying to jack off. This ain't that kind of game, you <laughs> fucking freak. <laughs> and then if you do it again, they're like, all right, you can jack off. <laughs> and then afterwards, it's like, you're disgusting. I can't believe you did that in front of me. <laughs> I I had an experience because we had to play this emulated. I'm just going. Yeah. I'm just going forward. I'm just moving forward. Um, I had an experience while playing this game because we had to all play it emulated. Uh, where I looked at the so there's a um a travel poster in the wall or on yeah. the wall. Uh, and when I looked at the travel poster, I got. A description of the travel poster that was a string of corrupted information. Wow. And not having any... For, we, I played this for three or four days before Nick found a walkthrough for the game. Yeah. And so I didn't know... Which was like, not easy. This is this is like the least info we've ever had on a game we've covered, which I was <laughs> surprised by because it's such a big IP. But just basically no one has played this game and there's like one walkthrough I could find on like the dark web. Yeah. What? <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> uh, you know, just I was on the dark web, stumbled upon it. That's where he got the jerk off sock. Yeah. <laughs> so I got I got when he, when I looked at the at the travel poster, I got the message Borland inter divide error abnormal program termination error abnormal program termination repeated like several times and then a prompt and i was like oh this is a meta game okay right. great i'm i'm stuck in the twilight zone experiencing this game and then 
played for days under the assumption that the game was about being stuck in a game until I realized that that was far more a creative take on what the Twilight Zone video game would be. And this was just literally at one point ripped off of short stories that preexisted. I don't, did any of you guys get to the island? As far as I got was, I got to the, uh, I, I, I got through the, the quest with the king and then the game where you, you find the sword, you give the sword to the king. After I gave the sword to the king, the game hard crashed. So I think the island is after that, right? Because the island is kind of, from what I read, it's like the uh, it, it's like the, the most dangerous game. Is that the kind of what you're playing through? It is. It is exactly the most dangerous game. Like, it's not hmm. like, it's not like a spin on it. It's the most dangerous game. And there's no take. There's no, like... Your your character or the character who you're interacting with doesn't say it's like the most dangerous game. So you're like, yes. oh, that's where you got this idea. It's just straight up ripping it off. They're, you're hunted on the island because the guy is bored of hunting animals. Yeah, it, it's it. The, so the whole thing, the, the way the game is structured, basically, is it, it because it's, you know, it, it is kind of an anthology and you start in this town once you figure out how you can get outside of your house without Im immediately being killed by marauders, uh, you can kind of explore and then exploring different environments in the town, which kind of functions as, as a hub world, transports you to different realities. So, you know, for instance, you'll you'll break through a storefront and go inside a toy store and then you'll be transported to the Vietnam War. Is that yeah. what's happening? Wow. Oh, what did you think was going on? That's kind of what I out, thought. Yeah. I flat out didn't understand what the fuck was happening. I because I didn't beat the game, so I didn't know what the twist ending was going to be. I yes. was like, is the like I didn't know I, I honestly could not determine what the context of any of these other spaces was. It was just bonkers. Like I what you walk into a warehouse, you fall 500 feet, you end up in the ocean. That to me doesn't say anthology. I'm like, I, I really don't know what's happening. I have no idea what's going on. Well, uh, so I think part of it is, I think it, it I, I assumed it was the same protagonist being put into all these different realities, but it was meant to evoke the feeling of like all these different, you know, the, the same way in a Twilight Zone episode, you'll have just, just like different, you know, different kind of vignettes that you're kind of experiencing. Right. I, I assume that was what the, the game was trying to convey. But it's just terrible. It's just another just awful understanding of the Twilight Zone, too. I mean, or just any good storytelling, because it's like I think that probably like in the in the brain of whoever wrote this idea, they felt they, they probably said, OK, we need to twists, right? The Twilight Zone's twists. And so instead of actually like planting a twist and paying it off and surprising you and having exciting, unexpected turns, they just just tr basically made random moves. So you, right. you, you know, sort of, oh, you're in Vietnam now through the childhood store. Does a childhood store have any resonance on your character or your backstory? No, not at all. Does that relate in any way to uh, the Vietnam War? No, not in any way whatsoever. The Grim Reapers on the train or something? I, mean, yes. I was like, I, oh, lost my, lost my mind. But it was bad writing. I think it was like they were trying to be twisty and I think they um, uh, just ended up being uh, random. So yeah. none of us, none of us beat the game and know what the ultimate I did not twist, beat it. twist is, right? None of us. I know what the I know what the ending is because you I do. watched a video. Yeah, yeah. I, I watched a video. We'll get to that in a second, but it, because the ending does kind of put it put it all into some context. Oh, thank God. Um, 
But the uh, but there is one thing I want to touch on because like as far as this game is presented, at least in the PC version that I played, which which had it was CGA graphics, and if you don't know the CGA graphics standard, it's like four colors on screen, so it's kind of a lot of times for whatever reason it ended up being black, white, pink, and turquoise. I'm not quite sure why that is, but it looked kind of as this Miami Vice palette, which was does not square at all with with the Twilight Zone. Um, but uh, it's so it, it the art looks okay given those limitations in the VGA version or the Amiga version it looks the art looks a lot better, uh, but it is fundamentally a text adventure. Um, and then the other the other presentational element the other audiovisual element is a stinger that plays of the theme song, which comes in at random intervals after certain events. And this is what it sounds like. Go ahead and play this, bat. So so unpleasant. This is so unpleasant. I mean, okay. So a couple things. One, how do you take the 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 most iconic television theme song of all time and and the most fundamental rift of that and just make it sound so horrible, and so unpleasant? <laughs> it, it's just that is the greatest trick that the devil ever played is doing that in this game. <laughs> <laughs> and then also, like, was there any rhyme or reason to its no. appearance, or is that just someone's roll some dice and that thing pops up sometimes? No, I I have this. This is this was an exact interaction I I I have where I transcribed what happened. I transcribed when it played. So after I finish this, Matt, I'll point and then you play it. Okay. <laughs> All right. So here's here's how this works. Here's how this works. Your experience for playing this game for me was this: you're in your house. You're looking at a series of pictures of uh of on the wall of your house. And you find one. And this is the description. You select one of the photos at random. It's one of your baby pictures. And if I may, I would like to comment on what a cute baby you were. What on earth? (laughs) I mean, it's disorienting. I certainly don't know what the fuck is going on in Twilight Zone. Like like everything else in the game, when you don't have any context, you're like, oh, shit. Okay. Okay. Yes. Okay, something that must is be happening. This must be hugely important. It keep, the, the game keeps giving you hints about a game that's not happening. And in yes. that way is kind of a Twilight Zone game because you're constantly on edge about what is what like why anything is important. Like the like the toy store that has nothing to do with you. Yeah, it's more about red herrings than anything. There, there yeah. are more red herrings than any than than you know actual uh, items that that have any sort of relevance on what's going on to the to the the plot or the puzzle solving. Um, I so yeah, you, you do find things from the TV. You find out the town is under military occupation, uh, uh, occupation, which feels like it's like okay, this is kind of Twilight Zoney, Although that doesn't seem to have much of a an, an impact on anything. If it, can I can I interrupt and, and say that yes. So the first room, you have a television, and you have you're naked, and you put on some tie dye clothes and some jeans, and then you turn on the TV, and you get a repeated message of a military occupation. And I was like, at this point in the game, the writer knows what they're doing. Like, so far, I'm in a fucking Twilight Zone. This is great. Now, the graphics on the television in the computer, what you are playing is you are looking at the title sequence of the Twilight Zone. Mm. So you you constant, I mean, like, I've never seen a game go so far out of its way to tell you it is talking about a game about the Twilight Zone in this game, and it never, ever delivers unless... Nick's going to tell us that the ending is that you're a programmer who got sucked into the game, making the game or something. 
It's not quite that. I, I do want to before we get get to this. I do want to talk about one of the one of the the vignettes, one of the um, uh, uh, one of the stories which happens. So you rescue at one point you rescue a girl from a burning barn. Uh, you come outside. Uh, her mother gives you a, a set of car keys. You use those to start a start a truck outside, and then instantly you are in the middle of a Formula One race. Yeah. And as far as I can tell, here's what happens in the Formula One race. You take a single lap around the track, you win, you stand you stand up on a podium, you are given a trophy, and that's it. There is yeah. there is no <laughs> <laughs> That's all that awful. happens. I don't know what that's I don't know what I'm trying what I'm supposed to, to feel from that. I don't know what it's meant to evoke at all. Well, imagine a world where a Formula One race is only one lap long. That's <laughs> the Twilight Zone. <laughs> I mean, it is kind of hellish to do to use a text parser to take a lap on a racetrack turn by turn because you have to be like, press gas, turn left, press gas, turn right, hit brakes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, I, you know, I was actually curious about that. I mean, how did you guys feel like it, like this game stacked up to the, to other contemporary games with respect to the command and command specificity? You know, like oh. there's some cases where just like finding the right syntax was, was yes. driving me crazy. Yeah. It, I thought the text the- parser is pretty awful in this game. I think they're, 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 I played text adventures with much better and more comprehensive and more flexible text parsers. But what, do you, what did you think, Heather? Well, I was going to say, as far as where it stacks up, it's the bottom of the stack. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I mean, all, there, when Nick finally gave us a walkthrough, eons after I'd made it to this fucking island that I couldn't get, I, I got stuck. I don't know how so you I, did that, by the way. I got, I don't, I, it was, so I played with Mary, uh, who's constantly not a character on the show, but is a character in the show. Uh, and Mary (laughs) loves text adventures, loves them. Her favorite kind of game. She will brute force her way through every single encounter by trying literally everything. And, uh, it took us like a couple of hours to get out of the house because every time you exit the house, you die. Uh, and then right. finally, she or I, I was like, I, it's got to have something to do with the money. He keeps taking your money. Uh, we figured out how to get out of the house. And from there, it felt like everything else was easy because you understood how specific and weird the game was. But when you get to the island, you are you meet up with this like rich dude in his mansion. And he's like, well, welcome to uh, my mansion. And uh, it is such a pleasure to have you here. And anything you do after that interaction kills you unless you say thank you. And when you die, the dude, the dude is like, I'm so tired of people without manners. And like, so we tried, like, we tried everything. We tried running. We tried jumping. We tried throwing our fucking inventory at the guy, every piece of inventory. Finally, I was like, just say thank you to the dude. And Mary times, thank you. And you have to do it like six times. In like the next six interactions or some shit, you have to keep saying thank you to this guy. And then finally he gives you a bedroom and he's like, all right, I'll hunt you tomorrow. Uh, but it, I mean. That's punishing. It's, it's so punishing. She loves, yeah. like, honestly, I I have a screenshot. I want to show you guys. 
I want to show you guys a screenshot here. How do I screen share? How do I screen share? Uh, let's see, share screen. Okay, and I want to do this one, share. So this is a screenshot of Mary trying to figure out what to do with the photos. <laughs> like, it's just <laughs> like string of look at photo, look at photo, look at photo, look behind photo, look at photo, look at photo, read gravestone, oh gravestone. That's how she plays these games, which is how we got uh, as far as we did in the game. Because, wow, yeah. Yeah, you were just kind of brute forcing it, it seems. Yeah. Yeah, times. I mean, I, I lucked out by putting paper in amulet. I was kind of, that was just a joke, too, and that somehow is how you blind the Grim Reaper on the train or something. Yes. I was like, you know that old trope about putting paper in amulets, and then it's like, there should be something written here, and there's not. I mean, it's a, uh, it's a nightmare. It's really a nightmare, and I'm really sorry that we did this. Uh, well, it was your idea, dude. It was your I know. idea. I know, I know. I was trying to be on brand. <laughs> Um, let's talk about the uh, the ending a little bit. And the only reason I know this, I'm a, a big shout out to Umbrella Terms on YouTube, who has a really nice video on this whole, uh, honestly, like this whole, it's like an eight minute, 29 second video that that details the deficiencies of this game and the few things it does right really, really well. Uh, we should link to this. Um, but but uh, uh, she has an explanation of the ending. Um, and uh, And I think it's honestly... Uh, would, I think we should just play this because I think it'll be better than my summation of what she says. So let me go ahead and share this real quick. The Twilight Zone text adventure is not an enjoyable experience. But surprisingly, the ending recontextualizes the game in one of its few redeeming factors. Once the player enters the door unlocked from the final puzzle, they are greeted by a stadium of aliens. They are congratulated on passing the aliens test, saving humanity from destruction and allowing the player to go home. They return home, but not before hearing the aliens laugh as they leave. Their home appears normal, but once the player tries to open the window, they realize they are in an alien zoo full of exhibits of other planets. The end. So, the arbitrary <laughs> scenarios, the strict required actions, the bad controls, all culminating in a conclusion as hostile as the rest of the game. So it sounds like if you play through like this whole thing, you you kind of get a fuck you that resonates in the same way that a, twi a good Twilight Zone episode does. But still a, an extremely, a deeply frustrating experience, even for someone who played all the way through it. Do you guys yeah. know that uh, this, this is a little bit of trivia, that this Twilight Zone is actually... The second Twilight Zone video game made, and the first one was released a year earlier in 1987. Wow. Uh, oh no! So I'm gonna I'm gonna share screen again, and then describe what I am sharing uh, on um, uh, to our listeners. Here we go. So in 1987 in uh, Japan on PC88, hmm. an adult animation adventure called Twilight Zone was released. It features a girl in lingerie gesturing happily to the title and uh, also uh, is a text adventure where you begin in a room and then have to uh, figure your way out of the room, but apparently has some sexy times in it. Wow. And uh, wow. I, I thought- Also as a conspicuously place sock in that room. <laughs> <laughs> as, as a bit, I almost played that game. <laughs> so that I could then be like, what are you guys talking about? This is great. You like <laughs> go out and you dance with bunny girls or some shit. Um, but I didn't have the 
I, I, I didn't, I didn't even see through my own bit that it was quietly <laughs> for myself. <laughs> Well, we should get to our final thoughts on Twilight Zone, the game, the PC game, not the 87 one, the 88 one. Uh, And uh, so it's time for our review crew. Review crew. So something positive about the Twilight Zone 1988 and a numerical decimal rating. Um, Boy, I mean... This is tough because this was really bad. It's uh, it it it's really like it's it, even even accounting for like because this wasn't even like a first generation text adventure. This was like one of the last text adventures. Like everything should have been very refined by this point, but it, it's just not. So, but I, I guess the positive I'll say is about this game is the the art and the Amiga version and the screenshots I saw. Some of that was pretty good, and then also Twilight Zone pinball is really good. So, uh, I'll give this a, a <laughs> 0.5 because of its association with Twilight Zone pinball. Heather, what do you think? <laughs> oh my god. Um. Okay. So, as I said earlier, I think there is a positive moment in the opening moments of the game where you turn on the television and the. Uh, the whole town is under military occupation and you're like, okay, this is the adventure that I've been waiting for. I'm in an episode of the twilight zone and I don't know what's going to happen next. And for that one fleeting moment where I was excited to play the game, that, that moment is the positive of the twilight zone. The game is that there was a single second where I was like, oh (laughs) man, here we go. Then I asked the parser to describe the calendar on the wall, and it said, it's a bunch of boxes, as if to be a (laughs) fucking asshole to me. And that was when that moment of joy ended. For that one moment, I'm giving this game a 0.1, because there was (laughs) nothing else. The calendar is such a fuck you, and it's so early. Uh, yeah, it's, it's so, so early. early. <laughs> like, you'd think, like, they're like, oh, maybe there'll be an important date or something, or maybe I'll learn about my relationship to somebody else. You know, there'll nope. be an anniversary noted. I'll learn the name of my spouse. Nope. Nope. Just a big fuck you. Yeah. Um, all right, Matt, what do you think? Something positive and your score. Well, something positive is hard because I I, I texted you guys this. Um, I think... These types of games, and I know people love these games. I think these types of games are my least favorite kind. I don't wow. like this because I went back and I looked at my score for Zork, and I don't remember having a great time with that. But I gave Zork a four because I did not enjoy myself because the game made me feel like a stupid idiot. And it, you know, it is possible that I am just a stupid idiot. Yeah. But um, no. okay. Yeah, well, you told me you've had that. No. You've had that feeling trying to open a can of cola. <laughs> <laughs> I well, it's you know because I. I <laughs> I try. I always start at the bottom first. <laughs> yeah, that's the issue. <laughs> the flat, the flat side. Yeah. Uh, Wait, and inviting it doesn't a, work. Who describes a can of cola's underside as flat? Well, you know, the, <laughs> without the the opening, I guess. But um, sometimes so, it turns out he's trying to drink a can of paint. That's that's another issue. <laughs> yeah, and I have to get a screwdriver to open the dang thing. A flathead. Too many implements. Um, <laughs> But this game, 
Yeah, this game made me feel really, really stupid in a way that I haven't felt in a, like in a like since like standardized testing, I guess. Um, and you know, I love the Twilight Zone, and this it didn't feel that way. It, I'm glad that it made you think fondly of uh, the pinball, Nick, because I'd started to think, what what about this? Do I even like if this is it? Um, but. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I do, but I do love it. Um, and you know, I, I guess the ride. I'll say that the ride is. <laughs> there <good>. you go. <laughs> I like the ride, and I like the ride. The the one at, in uh, Disney World even better because it's yeah. it's a better ride. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, no no thanks. I'm gonna give this a zero because I I hated Oof. my life while I played this. Wow! Oh my god! I'm sorry. Wow. <laughs> Goose egg from Apodaca. <laughs> All right, Wynn, what do you think? I mean, there's not a lot great to it. I, I, I do, I, I mean, I, one thing I would notice that is a, you know, as somebody who did play Zork as a young person and liked it, I did like that there was a reference to when you leave your house, there is a small mailbox here that did, right. was clearly a reference. And so I, I tip my cap uh, to that. Unfortunately, all of the good references they could have made, they decided not to. So that sucked. <laughs> um uh, the, I do, I did get a genuine laugh at, so you pick up a brick and then you walk a couple of blocks and then there's just like this, just chunk, chunk of text telling you how you pass by the childhood, uh, candy and toy store of your youth. And it fills you with feelings of, of, uh, excitement and nostalgia and, you know, uh, you know, making you feel like a kid again. And the correct thing to do in that instance is to throw the brick through that window. <laughs> <laughs> that just makes me laugh. I, so for that, I think I got to give it a, uh, a, a point, a point, uh, seven, nine. Wow. Wow. Is Harsh this, scores all around. Is this the worst game we've played? It might be. It come might on. be. Like statistics it might be. It's pretty bad. It, it's, it's certainly bad. like, yeah, it's it's kind of the least playable, I'd say. It's just so clunky and and it I mean, by being a a, a, a text adventure already, that's that's already makes it a, a tough to play. But then by having such a and such obtuse solutions. And such a, 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 t- a you know a, a poorly implemented parser. It's just it's very very unfun and very yeah. unsatisfying. So yeah, I, this yeah. might be the worst. It's certainly in contention. Yeah, but hey, those were our thoughts. But perhaps Heather, maybe we're wrong. Maybe we're wrong. We've got some reviews from. I'm no, I don't. I mean, like I've got a couple. <laughs> nobody. Anywhere, <laughs> nobody says this is a good game. As far as I could find, if Nick, if you yes. prove me wrong, fine. I have uh, I have a quote from the 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 game fact that you found the walkthrough on the dark web that begins. <laughs> Twilight Zone is at once both a very enjoyable and very frustrating game. Enjoyable because the puzzles are well thought out and some of them are quite clever. Frustrating because you are given no clue as to what you are expected to do or what the ultimate object of the game is. So the fact that enjoyable is used twice and they (laughs) describe the puzzles as clever, I would say, is a review of this game that says we are wrong. What do you got, Nick? Uh, Again, slim pickings here, like you said. Uh, But here's one I found. This is a YouTube comment. 
I am playing the game and cannot figure out what to do. I hear it's really good, but can't find a walkthrough. That comment is by Tim Allen. (laughs) (laughs) I'm assuming it's the same one. (laughs) Yeah, that's, I'm not, I mean, like, I'm, I'm, I'm not, there's nothing that can top that. There's nothing that can top that. I mean, like, everything else I found was like, wow, one of the most worst purchasable adventure games I've ever played. The res- Oh, the response to examine calendar is a series of boxes with numbers in them. Who would waste their time playing this? Or <laughs> <laughs> is there a help to playing this game? I can't figure out what to do. It won't even let me operate switches, doors, and all that. Someone make a long play. I am lost. And then another one says, <sighs> just be aware, this game will crash. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was the thing for me because I, I mentioned that it cra- it crashed after the uh, the whole king sequence where you have to solve a bunch of riddles in a dungeon and you retrieve a sword and he gives you a gem and then as soon as the as as soon as I was getting transported to the next scenario, a hard crash and then when I when I loaded up Dotsbox again, I couldn't it wouldn't let me restore my save, so I was just like, "Fuck it, I'm not playing this game from scratch again to potentially have the exa- crash in the exact same portion." But yeah, apparently the only stable version is the one with no graphics at all, just playing as a pure text adventure. Um, I have one, this, you know, speaking of the references that Wynn touched on, I actually have a review that is uh, contemporaneous with the game's release. This is from April, May 1989, Game Players Magazine, which I think is a UK publication, um, and has some, uh, points out there are some references in here. Uh, So I'll just read a little bit of this. There's no single plot to follow in the Twilight Zone since it's made up of unconnected scenarios. Though uncredited, the game combines the pilot element of the series, Where Is Everybody?, uh, with Rich- Richard Connell's classic short story, The Most Dangerous Game, which Heather mentioned, and another Twilight Zone episode, People Are Alike All Over, starring Roddy McDowell. As a result, fans of the series will know what's around many of the corners, which may please some people and annoy others. Still, fans will appreciate the inside jokes. For example, streets in the city are named for Richard Matheson, writer of such episodes yeah. as Nick of Time yeah. and Nightmare at 20,000 Feet, Buck Hofton, or Houghton, producer for the first three seasons, and Bernard Herman, who wrote the theme music for the first season. One location in the game, Duvall's Toy Store, uh, where you throw the brick through the window, seems to be named for Robert Duvall, which start, who started an episode called Miniature. That seems like maybe a leap. Uh, but yeah, that's basically the, the, I guess the fan service in the game is just is some signage and, and uh, street names. It's like somebody it's took a TV so guide cover story of the Twilight Zone and ran it across a cheese grater and then pulled out anything that came through. No, let me try again. I can beat that. I can beat that. I can beat that. Uh, it's like somebody uh, came out of a coma in a hospital where um, the Twilight Zone marathon had been playing and just was like, Mathis. Mathis. <laughs> <laughs> <that> work? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Oh boy. <clears throat> I mean, we're not we're not we're not being like this game was never good, right? This is not just because it's 2020, right? I mean, this wasn't no, good at the no, time. It wasn't no good. one people spent money on this and must have been angry. If this was well received at the time, I think we'd get more n- from the of the nostalgia contingent who was like like, you know, people weighing in who were like, "Hey, I played this game. Hey, this was pretty fun, you know. It yeah. maybe hasn't aged well, but but there's really none of that with this game. There's there's no fan community. Uh, who seems to have any fond memories of it. Somebody on Twitter said that they were like, my uncle, my uncle had this game and we almost punched the computer in frustration. And that was like the, <laughs> the majority of anybody being like, oh, I have a memory about this. 
Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, I think it's time for the question block. All right. This one's at, from at num3rc. So number C on Twitter. If this, if the... What is happening? I don't know. I'm just so... This game got me feeling mad. Uh, <laughs> uh, if the rest of mankind is wiped out, what will you have time enough at last to do? So a reference to the episode of The Twilight Zone. Hmm. Good question. I mean, I've honestly just thought, like, catch up on my backlog. That's been, a, I've, I've tried to do, I've done some of that while I've been unemployed during uh, uh, during COVID. And by unemployed, I mean just, like, really only doing podcasts, not mm-hmm. doing any other work from home. And, and so I've had a little bit more free time than normal. And it is, I mean, it is fun. But then when you actually examine your backlog of games to, like, you know, you're actually like, okay, knock that one off. What's left? It's like, oh, shit, like 400 other games. I just like, it's an impossible task. It will never complete this. I could dedicate, I could make this my life's work to play through every game that I've ever wanted to play, plus all the new releases. And it would, it would, it would be impossible. There's no way I could ever do it. So I, I, I guess that would be my answer, but I think I'd also be so, uh, I, I think I'd be so upset when I realized that the the task was was ultimately uh, is ultimately a futile effort. I don't know. That's my answer. What do you think, Heather? Um, I uh, I was heavily affected by Chris McCandless' uh, story uh, into the wild, and he scratched into the side of his bus when he uh, died in Alaska in the in the middle of nowhere after like retreating to the wild and like trying to live off the land. He inscribed in the bus. Uh, happiness is only real when shared. And that sentence has haunted me, haunted me. So I think that the true horror of being the, if I'm the last person around, there's nothing I'd want to do because like, I like what, what would you do? I mean, maybe I'd go to a museum and like touch all the art but like uh, only because you aren't allowed to like i can't think of uh, i would no video game would be enjoyable no book would be nice i mean i'd get i'd i'd have a dog i'd i'd, I'd have a real good dog i think and and that would be it this question really made me sad that's one of my worst nightmares is being the last oh, no. person alive <laughs> wow. for what it's worth i would build a robot <laughs> <laughs> But your answer is pretty good, too. <laughs> hey, when the first thing it would say to you is like, finally, you've created me. And you're like, oh, no, no, no. Exactly. <laughs> uh, hit us up on Twitter and Instagram at GetPlayedPod or send us an email at GetPlayedPod at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at 616-2PLAYED. That is 616-275-2933. Win Rosenfeld. Uh, thank you for coming on the show. I, I, I thought this <laughs> was, I honestly like the game sucked, but this was, I thought a, a delightful uh, subject of a uh, topic of conversation. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, what would you like to plug at this time? Um, yeah. Uh, watch the twilight zone on CBS all access. Uh, watch Lovecraft country on uh, HBO, HBO max and watch uh, hunters on Amazon prime. Uh, Candyman uh, uh, is coming out soon. Uh, worked on that too. And, um, you know, I don't know. That's, I guess that's basically, wow, that's it. It's a low, (laughs) 
<laughs> didn't you, have an ending. That's, no, a great, that's a great run yeah. of projects. And you just were like, I don't, I don't know. You, you sounded no, like no, me. No. You sounded like me, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, I feel like I inflicted this game on you guys. I feel terrible guilt about that, but it oh, was no. quite no, enjoyable. That's the show. To to that's the show. No, that's, yeah, that's what we do. The yeah. listeners like to hear us suffer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, they don't and, like when we have fun. Yeah. Right. No, they're, they're, everyone's going to be like, oh, great. I hope they do this game again. But I mean, that's what. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's about it's time to find out, Matt, what is next week's game? Next week's game, Maniac Mansion. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs> Goodbye, bucket. Edge of a knife. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise.